Hello, and welcome to Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, Carice Jefferson. This podcast is for crafters of all ages and walks of life who love connecting with other crafters, making crafts a lifestyle, or ready to turn their crafts into a profitable side business. Tune in weekly for honest conversations and interviews about industry news, trends, lifestyle, and business. Hey, Craft Cuties. Welcome to another episode of Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. And today's guest is Miss Nikisi Lewis. She's known as Cosmic Crochet Creations on Instagram. And she's definitely a craft enthusiast. But in addition to that, she's a wife, a mom of three, who's passionate about four things that starts with F, faith, family, football, and, of course, fiber. Right. You'll often find her on Instagram sharing relatable thoughts on topics ranging anywhere from body image to education to kids. And she enjoys the entire creative process and believes that handmade gifts and handwritten notes goes a long way. Once again, today's guest is the lovely Mrs. Nikisi Lewis. Nice to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Nikisi, where are you from? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself in addition to the introduction. Okay. Um, I am originally from uh, Washington State, and um, I grew up there, um, lived there until I was 18, and then I moved to Florida, and um, I have been here ever since. I met my husband in college and he's an only child. So that meant that I was going to stay where he was at. But um, I originally came to Florida because I went to an HBCU and um, I just knew that I was probably going to stay somewhere that had a little more um, culture. So I probably was not going to return to Washington. So, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, that's a distance going from West Coast to Northwest all the way to Southeast. Like, that is a distance. It's, um, it's across the country, like in a <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And my husband also is the only child, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely get it. Well, how long, how long have you been married? Um, we've been married for 15 years, um, but we've been together for over, um, like we've been together over 20 years. We just have been married for 15. So, yeah. Okay. That sounds similar. We've been married for 13. So I, I understand you. (laughs) I definitely do. So what, um, where did your craft journey begin? Um, probably when I was little. So I've always been kind of a crafty person. And 
it's mostly because I grew up in a home, in a single parent home, and there wasn't always um, money for gifts. And so I always made my friends gifts. Um, and so my mom always made sure, I, I used to like to make homemade cards. I loved doing that. I mean, I love handwritten notes and cards. I love, love, love it. But for a long time, I made them myself and my mom always made sure I had everything I needed, paper, pencils, stickers, um, markers. I mean, just whatever I needed to, um, to do that. And so, um, so I've always been pretty crafty and my mom always had the mindset that if we could make something, um, for less than we could pay for it, then we're going to make it because it just took some time. And I think that's the thing about a lot of people is they pay for stuff. They pay for someone else to make stuff because it's kind of a convenience thing. Mm -hmm. Like They don't want to necessarily, and this isn't everybody, but a lot of people just either don't want to put in the time or don't have the time to put in to make stuff. And, um, I'm still the same way. Like if I can make something and spend a lot less money, I'm going to make it and just make the time to, you know, to get it done. So, wow. Wow. That's kind of a unique, not so much as unique because I'm pretty sure there's other people out there who were raised to make things, but you were pretty much in a situation where you were forced to, you know, make things but your mom also encouraged you to make things and i you know there's so much in that right you know patience understanding the value respecting resources properly utilizing your resources and you honestly are thinking about the person who you are gifting when you are making something versus picking up a gift card or putting money in a card and there's no kind of, you know, personal feeling behind it. Right, 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 right. One of my uh, best friends from elementary school, we were FaceTiming the other day and she pulled out this box. And in this box was things that I had made her in elementary school. I didn't even know she still had this stuff. And oh, she wow. had um, several items of things that I had made for her um, when we were like 12. So so I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's something that money can't buy. You know, that's the memory. And she, you know, she valued what you made her. Now you, you talked about that you would do handmade greeting cards. What other crafts did you do as a kid? We were really involved in our church. And so our church had like a lot of just different stuff. So I went with my mom on Saturdays to the quilting club. So (laughs) I learned, (laughs) so I learned about quilting and um, sewing. They did, they did some machine sewing, but we did a lot of sewing by hand. Um, And then I learned how to cross stitch. the the um latch you know like the latch stitch thing yeah I don't the, even latch, know what the latch hook yes so mm-hmm. I I learned how to do that and I learned how to crochet when I was younger but like you know 
that's kind of one of those things, like if you don't stick with it, you kind of lose the, um, the skill, you know what I mean? Cause like you could put it down and then years later, you couldn't remember exactly how to do it. And so that's kind of what happened with um, crochet. But I also um, did drawing and painting and um, just everything. Like we made our, um, my mom would always get us this uh, clay stuff and we would make our own Christmas ornaments. And so, I mean, just, we did a lot of like hands-on different crafts. So um, yeah. I've, I've done it all, it feels like. <laughs> this sounds so similar to when I was little. I, you know, my mom still has some of the Christmas ointments that I made. Like I did this star out of felt and glitter and stuffed it with the uh, cotton. Okay. To make out the star and that, you know, was the tree topper. And then there were right. other uh kind of holiday ointments and then whenever it was like mother's day father's day because i was a girl scout and made all kinds of stuff and just to see the joy on their faces was a memory that i'll never forget you know especially when you're a little kid you know you you look for feedback and encouragement and that positive energy when you're doing something to begin with even if you just putting crayons on the paper right so to see that it was genuine and it was something that they honestly loved that encouraged me to do and like you church vacation bible school you know made things like pot holders and so forth now my question to you is do you think that when you did those projects did it help you with your social skills or did it help you with any other skills that you can apply to in other areas of your life? Um, I think like the, the quilting did, um, because that was more of a group project. And so, you know, at that age, it just kind of taught me how to work in, in a group. A lot of the other things that I did were always like, um, you know, I did them by myself. So they were solitary things. And I I think the best thing that I learned is though, is how to be resourceful, how to use what I had to make something amazing. And um, I learned how to do that at a young age. And so now um, it's kind of like, if the kids need something for a school project, it's like, sometimes they're just in awe because they're like, how did you like, how can your mind already know, like, okay, we're, we're going to take this and take this and make this and, you know, and they're, they're always amazed at the end because it's stuff that we already have at our house. And like, my mind just knows how to use it and turn it into whatever it is I'm trying to make. So Yeah, that's a true crafter. You know, you yeah. could just make something <laughs> out of, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to you know, have fancy machines and equipment, you can use everyday stuff. And a lot of times you can repurpose stuff, right? Because a lot of things we have at home, we don't use. (laughs) So we could just, you know, upcycle and create something, something new from it. So Nikisi, my next question to you is, 
when did the crochet journey begin? Like, were you, and also were you a person that always just liked vibrant, beautiful, multicolors, or did that grow on you as you got older? I think I've always been kind of colorful in a way, but you know, when I was in um, junior high and high school, I had like my main colors that I wore, which were um, navy blue, hunter green, and um, cream. Like, <laughs> were they uniform colors? No, we didn't have uniforms. They just were the colors that I gravitated to, I guess. Okay. Um, and so I, I wore those colors all the time, but, um, towards the end of, uh, high school, I started to get more colorful and I just, I just like color. I guess I was always the kid who, you know, I always wanted that 64 box of crayons because I want to have every <laughs> single color option. And mm -hmm. so, you know, so I've just been like pretty colorful as far as like my wardrobe and shoes and stuff for a while. I just like color. Um, I started crocheting, I want to say it was either 2011 or 2012. I'm not sure. Um, I had gotten a surgery and I was on bed rest. And so you know how when you're on bed rest, like you can only watch so many T so much TV, you know, you can only like read so many books. It's like you just have to have something else to do. Right. And my daughter had recently learned um, how to crochet and knit and she had been trying to get me to do it. But at that time I was working as a probation officer and I just did not have time for anything extra. You know, I was working full time. I had three kids and, you know, um, a household to take care of and, you know, my husband. And so it's just like, I didn't have time for anything extra, but being on bed rest gave me time to, to try it out. So I tried it out and, um, I enjoyed it. And then when I got off bed rest, it helped me like de-stress from my job. And so I would just do it because it was like kind of, um, something mindless, you know what I mean? Something I could just do. And when I be stressed out, man, I just be doing those roles like super fast. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so it just helped me. Um, and once I realized that I could make clothes, um, because I had been doing it for a couple of years before I started, maybe like six years even before I even started making clothes. And then when I found out I can make clothes, I was like, oh, um, yeah, this is me. <laughs> so then I was like, the sky was the limit after that. And I just, you know, couldn't stop. So, yeah. Cool. And it's funny that you mentioned the 64 crayon collection. You know, growing up, that was something that most of us wanted as kids. And, you know, it had the pencil sharpener at the back of the yeah. box where you could sharpen your crayons. So when kids now be hollering tablets and iPhones, you know, it's like, Shoot, our parents was hollering and screaming when we mentioned the 64 box of crayons. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you want me to pay how much for some crayons? Just right. because it's got a sharpener? And you're like, mm -hmm. yes. 
they be like, no, you get these eight pack and I just buy you that nine and a half sharp and then you right. just make it do what it do, you know? So, you know, we, and, you know, we had to work yeah. hard for that too, you know, like, if, you know, get straight A's for a couple semesters, then we might get the box of crayons. Right. So, yeah. It's right, just, right, right. So, all of this is just to say, you know, it sounds like, you know, you may not been financially set, but you had a healthy childhood in terms of, you know, the colors, the opportunities, because I keep hearing every time you looked up, there was an opportunity for you to take advantage of in a good way. Absolutely. And, yes. you know, that, that fed into your journey. And I also hear that you good with working with people because to be a probation officer you have to have people skills you know Ooh, Lord. yes <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to have the people skills and I know you know when you mentioned that you really didn't have time because that type of work is stressful you know yes. and yes. then I hear you had a chance to finally get rest to reset to recharge and return back to what your childhood was, which is crafting. It was a different craft, but you returned to it and discovered that joy and that feeling and say, hey, I could do this in my spare time. Now, right. you graduated from doing the basics to being able to make outfits and so forth. What is your favorite stitch in crocheting? That is an excellent question. And my favorite stitch is the half double crochet. Um, and I think it's because it's a little, it's bigger than single crochet, but it's not as tall as double crochet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I only have to do that one yarn over and I will actually still do two, but it's not, um, it's not as many. I just like it. And it just feels like a, a fuller stitch. I don't know. I guess it has a little more coverage. I just, I just like it. That's, that's my favorite. And do you have like a favorite piece of clothing that you just enjoy making when you crochet? I would definitely say cardigans. Um, because I am like a jacket and um, sweater kind of girl. And so even when it's hot outside, it's, you know, my husband likes it cool in here. So it'll be cool inside. And so I love um, crocheted cardigans because they're just so comfy to me. So that's probably um, my favorite thing to, to make. So, but I have been making a, a lot of shawls lately um which i really enjoy and shawls are great gifts and so i also don't mind making those because they just make beautiful handmade gifts and um they don't crochet shawls don't take as long as like a knitted shawl so um you can knock one out pretty quickly mm -hmm. um and like, even, even in like DK weight yarn, you could knock one out, you know, in like a weekend or whatever. So, um, so I also enjoy making those. And then there's something that people can use, you know, whether 
you know, right. you're in the office and it gets cool or you at church or, you know, you out and about and, you know, it turns nighttime and the weather is a little bit, you know, cooler than what it was. You could just put the shawl around you. Exactly. So you also blog so people can find you blogging, giving tips on, you know, different techniques or how to get into the rhythm or fit crocheting into a busy schedule. Did you start off blogging or did that kind of just find you or did people just see your post and say, you know what, you should get a blog post? Um, I don't like blog blog. I do a lot of guest blogging. Um, and so if someone asked me to, you know, come on and talk about something, then I will do that. Um, and I, I started doing it because my first love is writing. And, um, I've also done that my whole life pretty much. Um, And so I started guest blogging because I wanted to get back into writing. And at first I thought that, you know, I wanted to do my own blog, which I might still eventually. But, um, you know, after my brother passed, I just kind of had to um, just kind of step back from a lot of things and just kind of figure out what it was that you know, I wanted to do. And so that kind of just got put on the back burner because I just didn't have the um, mental and emotional capacity to to do it. So Yeah, I understand. And, you know, um, grieving is another period in, in people's lives. Sometimes people found crafts as a way to help heal through the grieving process were you still crocheting during that time or did you just step away from all of it, the writing, the crocheting and, and everything during, during that time? So I was still crocheting and knitting some. Um, I, when he passed, I was right in the middle of two tests. Um, and I, so he passed on a Monday and um, I was at his house until Saturday. And so, because, you know, I thought he was going to be okay and come back. So I had, you know, um, made my uh, reservation out. So, you know, when he came home, I could help out if need be. And so here it was, I had this week um, where, you know, me and my mom were just at his house. And um, so I finished, um, I had one knit test and one crochet test and I finished them both at his house and took pictures. And then after that point, so that was like at the beginning of May. And then after that point, I just, um, I didn't do anything for months because I just did not have the energy to do it. And I just, um, I think maybe because I was right in the middle of something when he passed, I just didn't want to do it. So, um, So, you know, but now um, I, these last couple of weeks, I have been getting back into it and I actually just finished my very first um, official 
pattern design. Like I've, I've um, designed several things, but haven't written a pattern for them. But I um, finished this pattern design and it is a tribute to my brother. So I'm super excited. Um, I can't tell anyone what it is yet, but I'm super excited um, about it and just like how it will be received. And I'm hoping that in doing this, that I will be able to um, share his legacy with other people and just, you know, let people know um, what kind of a person he was, you know, and just um, and and just kind of share that with people. And so, you know, his legacy can can live on. So and you definitely yeah. understand that crafts have a story and it may not always be a big story, but there's always some type of backstory behind a craft project, you know, and yep. to hear you talk about, you know, you doing this pattern that you never designed before in honor of your brother, that's, that's going to be an amazing story. And it's going to help other crafters who are going through a grieving period, you know, because everybody grieves differently. And I love the transparency that you shared. You said, hey, I wasn't in the mental space to do anything at that moment. Yeah. And you gave yourself time, you know, and you, you shared right. that in your, your social media posts too, you know, that, you know, during that period. So, you know, you just never yeah. know who your story can help. And I'm looking forward to when that pattern comes out and would love to, you know, learn more about that. So keep doing what you do. So I also heard that you, you, you uh, did some testing. So I see a lot of crafters test, especially in the crochet and knitting. So are these different patterns that you test that were done? Okay, so they're done by other people and you test as a way to uh, check to see if it works or what can be adjusted. So basically you're getting, oh, go ahead. Oh no, uh, I was finished. Okay. Yeah. So basically you get the pattern before the pattern goes live. Um, and, you know, so you're just looking for um, grammatical errors. Um, if there's numerical errors, like in the, the stitch counts or whatever. Um, and just how is it, um, you know, is, does it read well, you know? And so, um, so I think even with doing that, because I pattern tested for, I don't know, like a year and a half before I designed anything. And I think even now with this pattern that I'm writing up, I think because I've tested so many patterns, I kind of know like what I like in a pattern. And so it's really helping me to be able to write this to the best of my ability. And I just feel like if you want, want to um, write patterns, which I think if that's something you want to do and you want to design, that's great. But I think that um, you absolutely should test someone else's patterns, at least for, you know, I probably want to say, um, you know, like six months, you know, make sure you have several patterns under your belt, because I think that sometimes 
um, what I've seen is people want to write patterns, but they didn't test for anyone. So they don't even really know how to write a pattern. That sounds really rude and I don't mean it to, but I'm just saying like, um, there, there's kind of like a skill to it. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not as easy as, as people think it is. No, so. it, you don't just write it. You know, you have to think about because you're taking someone from beginning to end and you have to right. communicate that in a way to where people at all levels can understand it. Exactly. First of all. exactly. And, you know, yeah. that's just like um, uh, food magazines. They have someone on staff to test those recipes a couple of times because if the recipe has something in there and the person's allergic to it, that's going to be a problem. Right. So, right. you know, so back to the patterns, you know, I agree, you know, before trying to, you know, go on Ravelry and list your, your patterns, and that's great, but be a tester first and be there for a while. And even when you have like your first pattern out, you still do some independent testing because exactly. that sharp, you know, that sharpens your skills. And you, you are learning, you know, you are forever a student at that point. So that's a good point that you brought up because a lot of times people look at something, you know, a YouTube video or they look at something on social media in a group and say, oh, I can do that without exactly. really understanding the process. <laughs> right, right. I've seen it so many times and I'm just like, it's not, you know, it's not as easy as um, people think and like you have to think of the simplest things and what I try to do on this um this one is like answer the questions before people ask me you know what I mean mm -hmm. so when I'm giving instructions I'm like okay you know and I put this you know such and such and such and such do this um this you know this means this and because people will be like they'll send emails about questions and it'll be something simple, but still. And then a lot of times, which is actually funny because as I'm writing it, I'm like, I hope people read this because I don't wanna be like, um, did you read the pattern? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I have kids and there's so many times like they'll bring something to you, like their homework or something. And I will read the directions. And then they'll be like, oh, I can't figure such and such out. And I'll say, did you read the directions? Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's the first thing you're supposed to do after you write your name? They're like, read the directions. Did you read the directions? You know, <laughs> and, I, um, and I think a lot of adults, and this is how you know people don't read, okay? <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you go to um, like a store or say just whatever, say you're at the Dollar Tree and the sign by the register says, please do not be on your phone when you're checking out. And the person in front of you is on the phone talking while they're checking out. It's like they didn't read the sign. And I'm always just looking at it like, you know, and my husband will be like, well, such and such. And I said, did you read the sign on the front door? It said, blah, 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 you know. And he's like, oh, I didn't even look at that. And I was like, I know. And I said, that's the problem. They put signs up and people don't even read them. So I said all that to say, I hope that um, 
people will read the directions and that way you don't have to have emails about stuff that was already right there so yeah because sometimes um you know people take a lot of time to think of potential questions that are going to be asked so they're taking right. the time out to go that extra step so that you won't have questions later on down the line but you do have to read them exactly. <laughs> you know and i think we in a culture now where people just want to ask don't want to do no research don't want to look up you know everything don't do, they don't want to do no work they want all the work to be done for them mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. just quite, you know they just tap and that's it yeah now you um you oh so for someone who's new to crocheting because yeah we know crocheting is yarn and a hook but mm -hmm. it's a little bit more beyond just that because you have tons of yarn brands yarn types and you right. have different needle types and needle sizes i mean hook sizes and hook types what um what is your advice yes. for someone who's new to crocheting what uh, is there a particular yarn that's ideal for beginners is it a particular hook that's good for beginners i would say start off with worsted weight which is a size four um and probably that's a size four yarn and then probably a hook size of 5.5 millimeters or 6.0 millimeters because um most of the patterns that call for worsted weight yarn those are the hook sizes that um you start with and I, I just feel like a lot of times when you start with chunkier yarn um it's easier to kind of figure out how to do the stitches and um and stuff like that so i would definitely say start with the bigger yarn and also your project works up faster so once you learn how to do it you can go down with your hook size and your yarn size but when you're first getting started um i definitely think worsted weight and at least a size um 5.5 i don't know what letter that is but 5.5 <laughs> well you given enough good information that's for sure um have you done any collaborations this year that have been a good experience that you know have been memorable what has that arena been like for you as a crafter um so i haven't done a lot of like co collaborations where i am designing um this actually this first design that i'm doing is going to be my first collaboration um okay then I'm also doing something else uh, with another friend. Um, and I don't know when that's coming out. I haven't decided yet. Um, it, I think it's going to depend on how this first uh, pattern goes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, but for me, it's just been fun. Um, I did do, that is not true. I did do a collaboration with um, Hobie Yarn. Um, and they are, I believe, from... Oh my goodness. I want to 
either Denmark or the Netherlands. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those countries. Um, but they had reached out to me like in January and asked me if I wanted to just do some different stuff for them. And um, it really was just kind of showing off their yarn. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me um, always, they gave me like different kind of challenges. And so the first one I did was I had to use at least four or five different colors and make something like, you know, something kind of easy um, to make. And so that is when I made the granny square dress, um, which was really fun. And I think unexpected because, you know, when people think of granny squares, they don't ever really think of them as being anything that's modern. Right. But um, the way I did the dress, it kind of looked like a wax print. So it, it just came out like completely unexpected and people were really blown away. So, um, so I did that. And then they asked me to remake an, uh, an old pattern. And, um, I, I started that, but I wasn't able to finish that because also that happened, that falled, fell in the time during, um, when my brother passed and I, you know, and everybody that I was working with at the time just was super understanding. And so I really appreciate that as well. But um, I had to remake a existing pattern and um, I turned it into a swimsuit cover up. And um, <laughs> so that was, um, that was pretty fun. And um, the, my followers on Instagram actually picked out the yarn, picked the yarn colors, um, picked the design and picked like how I was going to redo the design. So that was really fun because it was kind of out of my hands. Um, I put polls up in my stories and people voted and I just did what people um, requested. So that one was a lot of fun and I'm hoping to jump back in with them. Um, Probably not until, um, you know, 2022 once I um, I just want to give myself a little bit more time to just kind of uh, rest and, you know, just get myself back together mentally. Yeah, you don't want to overdo it. And um, yeah. you know yourself more than anybody do and go at your own pace. You know, you're right. doing the right thing. And you're doing good to get back into it, you know, sooner because sometimes people step away from things for, for six months or a year before they can, right. you know, get back to it. Like I said, everybody grieves differently. Exactly. Now, yeah. one of the things that I really love about you, Nikiti, is you use your social media uh, posts and platform to also talk about things outside of craft, you know, to talk about relatable issues you know the very first one you know when you talk about full figure and me as a full figure woman I was happy to see that uh, because you know given things from that perspective is it done enough or at least on the realistic end you know there's more to being full figure than one or two variables um and then you also you know talk about you know your your grieving process and you talked about memories of your family you've talked about um kids you talked about education system like 
how were you able to do that without confusing people like, oh, I thought, you know, she's a craft enthusiast. Why am I seeing posts about, you know, the education or kids' homework, you know? Um, it's funny that you asked me that. So let me tell you why. Because when I first, when I um, first started my page, I told the people on there, I said, um, I, you know, had my own personal page. And then I wanted a page that was just for like yarn stuff mostly. But I also said, if I start this new page, um, I'm going to let people know all of me, like the same that they would on my personal page. And I, because the biggest thing for me was I didn't want people that knew me to say I was different on Instagram. And I didn't want people that I met in real life from Instagram to say, oh, I'm completely different in person than I am on Instagram. So mm -hmm. I had already said, I'm going to talk about everything that I want to talk about. I'm going to be um, open as much as I can because I'm still, and people don't realize this, but I'm still a very private person. And so I share a lot, but there's a ton that I do not share. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, when I am talking about things, I'm going to give you my real opinion. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm 42. I don't have time to be fake and phony. Like that part of my life is over. You know what I mean? That just mm -hmm. saying things to fit in and to do whatever, like I'm not in high school. Okay. I'm a grown right. person. And you know, if you don't like what I'm talking about on my page, just unfollow me. It's as simple as that. Just unfollow me. If you don't like what I have to say, I'm not here. Everyone doesn't have to agree with me, but I'm going to say what I want on my page. I'm going to keep it real. And the people that know me in real life know that I don't, you know, I don't mince words. I don't, you know, I say what I mean. And that is just who I am. I don't hold grudges with people. I just say what I have to say and then I move on, you know? And so, but in doing that, I feel like, you know, a lot of people try and just keep it like, oh, this is craft and this is yarn. But the truth is like life happens to all of us. And whether mm -hmm. y'all post it on Instagram or not, the truth is everybody's struggling. Everybody had a bad year in 2020. Okay. Right. But whether you want to admit it or not, we all had a bad year. And so it doesn't make sense to just constantly just being like, it's another pretty picture because if I'm in a bad mood today, then I'm either not posting or I'm going to tell y'all about how I'm feeling today. Today was not a good day. Okay. Mm -hmm. it just wasn't. And the thing about it is if you can open yourself up enough to where you can be vulnerable for other people, you, I feel like, um, you know, and sharing your testimonies, like that is, um, a blessing for somebody else to open up and, to not be alone, you know, because a lot of times we think we're the only one out here. But when one person just says, hey, this is how I'm feeling or this is what happened. And I don't like this. And if you just see one person say that, you'll be like, man, I'm not the only person that thinks that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, part of being relatable is, you know, your audience wants to be able to 
be able to identify with you in some type of way, may not be able to, you know, resonate with you on everything, right. but one or two points, you know, depending on where they are in their life, they, you know, want to feel that connection. And then it shows that you're human, you know, because um, I talk about from time to time how um, I pivot in 2020 because I was pregnant with my son and Crappy uh, Hands Club, it, you know, started off as a subscription box and then it became selling DIY kits for people to make jewelry, you know, in five steps. But mm -hmm. the problem was it wasn't that much of a uh, need or demand for that. And I said, wow, you know, as much as I love it, it's not, it's not good, you know, especially when you're losing money. Right. And, you know, when you're pregnant and you're thinking about, you know, and, you know, finances and stuff wasn't an issue because I was, you know, able to put up and save and, you know, open investment accounts and stuff like that for the little one. But I also had to be realistic and say, well, this isn't working, but I wanted to keep Crafty Hands Club name. And I said, oh, I'm a writer. You know, I've written everything from books, plays, you name it. And I said, this could be a craft magazine. And I was just so happy that I made that pivot. Right. It was like a ton was lifted off my shoulders. Like I no longer was overwhelmed. Uh, I didn't have to, you know, feel a lot of pressure thinking about content and stuff. And that's how you know that you're not in the right space because exactly. when it's something that is for you, it's not going to be painful to think about content. You know, right. you're going to kind of do that effortlessly. Exactly. And so, you know, I, you know, I talk, I talk about, you know that pivotal moment and yeah there was some hard pills to swallow but then on that other side it was just like I said a, a heavy load was just lifted off and that's something that audience can relate to because it might be something that they are holding on to trying to make work and then when they see that they say okay I can let this go she was able to let that go right, right. oh wow she was able to admit this okay, I'm able to, you know, do, and I think, you know, that's part of um, whether you're a blogger, a business owner, or what have you, um, you are in a position to motivate, encourage, and inspire other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then you talked about, you know, we all had a bad year. Right. It may have not been with finances, it could have been health-wise, it could have been, you know, um, you uh, took a lesser position with your job just so you could stay employed, or you might have, you know, went through a divorce, or, you know, whatever the case might be, so um, it's not, because some people say, well, I had a good year, you know, my business is good, okay, you might have not had it bad in that arena, but something you know, you, you had to make some type of adjustment during the pandemic. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I just appreciate 
you know, that you tell these stories and you, you know, you're being who you are and you're definitely in your happy place. Like, I don't know you personally. I've never met you in person, but I just feel that authentic, authentic, right. you know, you're just, you know, real and, you know, you be yourself and you enjoy this, you know. So uh, can you tell listeners where they can find you? Do you have a website? Uh, what social media platforms are you on? Um, yes. Yeah, so right now I'm just on um, Instagram. I don't have a website yet. Um, I am working on that, but we'll just see where God takes me in 2022. I'll say that. Um, but you can find me on Instagram um, as cosmic underscore crochet underscore creations. And um, yeah, that's um, that's where I'm at most of the time right now. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> that's okay, and I will put your um, social media. I mean your uh, Instagram handle in the description of this episode so no worries well that is a wrap listeners thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode hopefully you have enjoyed the wisdom the experience the journey of Nikki C. Lewis if you love today's episode go ahead and share it on social media don't forget to mention handle at Crafty Hands Club Mag and be sure to use the hashtag CHC Podcast. That is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Come back.